Welcome to Dave Turner's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Dave is the globally known chief evangelist and editor for tabletopjournal.com. This podcast was originally published on the week of April 1st, 2019, and runs for approximately 25 minutes. A non-traditional journalist, Dave has spent nearly 30 years as a sales and marketing executive in the world of hospitality. Hi, everyone. Greetings from the great city of Baltimore here on America's East Coast. Spring has arrived here, well, sort of, and I, for one, am more than ready for it to get here. I'm your host, Dave Turner, and I want to welcome you back to another edition of Seat Yourself. You may hear me sound a bit different this week, and the arrival of spring here has caused a a touch of the allergies, head cold, or whatever. But no matter, we are here to bring you 20 minutes or so of our best news, information, and commentary, all in the world of Hospitality Tabletop. And of course, we have another fantastic edition of our 60 Seconds with Shannon segment, where the talented tabletop and buffetware manager for Chicago's Edward Don and Company answers the question of the week. This week, Shannon brings her A-game as she answers the question of, what is the key to getting our product on the Edward Don radar screen, and most importantly, getting it sold by their sales organization? Whether it's Edward Don and Company or any other distribution partner in any part of the world, I think Shannon's response is exactly right on target, as it always is. So you'll want to stick around and hear what Shannon has to say. Advice you won't get anywhere else, only on Seat Yourself. So with that, my head cold notwithstanding, let's get started. Our stat of the week. For the uninitiated, that's how we start each episode of Seat Yourself. Our stat of the week this week is 76.5%. That's the number of full-service restaurants in New York City that have reduced employee hours due to the new increased minimum wage that New York City has imposed, according to a recent story in the New York Post newspaper. And according to their story, the Post reports that 36% eliminated jobs this past year with another one-third reporting that they will eliminate jobs this coming year, along with raising prices for their dining guests. By the way, the trade group New York City Hospitality Alliance is reporting that in 2018, full-service restaurants in New York City recorded a 1.6% overall decline in jobs. That's the first decline in the last 20 years. The restaurant business may look fun and wildly profitable, But it, like many others, is a tough business, and the increasing of the minimum wage is appearing to have just the opposite effect of what its proponents were seeking. Good intentions, unintended consequences. 36% eliminated jobs last year, with another one-third expected to eliminate more in 2019. Overall job decline, first time in 20 years. This week's stat of the week, 76.5%, the number of full-service restaurants that have reduced employee hours, due to the rise in minimum wage. And in our lead news story this week, UK-based Churchill China announced its 2018 year-end financial results this past week. And once again, sales to hospitality customers led this company to a new record level in sales and profits. With 2018 sales topping out at over 52 million pounds, Churchill once again exceeded all expectations for both the sales and the profits. In typical Churchill understated style, Churchill Chairman Alan McWalter stated, 2018 has been a very successful year for Churchill, and we have exceeded our expectations in relation to business and in financial performance. McWalter continued, 2019 has started well, and we believe that we can make further progress. 
The company also announced a major investment plan to increase manufacturing over the next 12 months, which was reported in the local news in the area of Churchill's headquarters. These plans include a factory expansion and a new fast fire kiln. We've discussed how much we love the Churchill approach to their business before. Relatively conservative, steady as she goes, remains successful. It's been a winning formula for this British company for a long, long time. So congratulations, Churchill, on another great year in 2018. We look forward to see what the future holds for this global hospitality leader. Next up, it was announced this past week that Rack Porcelain's exciting new hide collection was just awarded the prestigious Red Dot Design Award. Designed by Spanish designer Gemma Bernal, Hyde is part of Rack's epic series of creative, innovative serving pieces. All of the pieces in Rack's epic collection are pieces that are meant to add sensory appeal and usually a bit of surprise to the guest dining experience. And the now award-winning Hyde does just that. Hyde features three emotional elements, two uniquely shaped closures, and a tagine-like piece that offer the element of surprise in an incredible, memorable food presentation all designed to delight the dining guests in your restaurant. Red Dot is the most prestigious and most renowned and the biggest design competition in the world that receives thousands of submissions from all over the planet. So congratulations go out to both Rack Porcelain and to designer Gamma Bernal on the success of the new Hyde collection from Rack. And in our final news story this week, it was announced this past week that design icon Adam Tahani has signed on to create both the indoor and outdoor guest areas for Seabourn Cruises, two new ultra-luxury purpose-built expedition ships. These two vessels are scheduled to launch in June of 2021 and May of 2022. Tahani has worked with Seabourn before, and according to Seabourn's president Richard Meadows, Adam's creative and artistic talents have proven to be a wonderful match for the Seabourn brand, and our guests have praised his work on our two newest ships. Meadows went on to add, Expedition travel stirs a passion to venture to remote locales, first encountered by explorers and the adventurous, and the guest interiors need to feel like they are connected to these destinations through its design and through its materials. We've spent many hours collaborating, and Adam is creating an inspiring design concept that feels well-suited to the remote destinations that expedition travelers want to visit, while visiting the, the atmosphere of the contemporary relaxed luxury that our guests have come to expect from Seabourn. Adam, of course, has created iconic hotel, restaurant, and cruise interiors all around the world, including such esteemed properties as the Beverly Hills Hotel, the Breakers Resort in Palm Beach, and the Belmont Hotel Cipriani in Venice. Adam was one of the first designers to collaborate with celebrity chefs as well, creating signature restaurant interiors for culinary stars that includes Thomas Keller, Wolfgang Puck, Daniel Ballou, and others. For this latest project with Seabourn, Tahani will develop a design vision for the entire vessel, including multiple expedition spaces and lounges, all categories of luxury guest suites, and even multiple dining venues. He will also design an outdoor deck area and the innovative and popular Seabourn Square multi-purpose space. And another Tahani touch for Seabourn? Tahani's product design arm is designing bespoke furniture collection for the entire expedition ship. We are thrilled to join Seabourn on this exciting next chapter of Expedition Cruising, said Tahani. Drawing on the call of adventure and the spirit of daring exploration from across the ages, the new ship's design will define ultra-luxury for the contemporary expedition traveler. Lucky will be the passenger who joins Seabourn on what will sure to be some of the most beautiful and luxurious cruise ships on the seas. 
In our first company and product segment this week is a company that we're very excited about for a wide variety of reasons. And that company is Bowser Hep, based in North Carolina. Bowser Hep has loads of new and exciting products in a whole assortment of tabletop and related categories that are all seemingly with quality and creativity having as their main components of the company's DNA. One thing that's truly evident these days, and that is that the design team, the dinnerware design team at Bauscher, they've been consistently taking their game to higher and higher levels in recent years. The most recent example of this of their artistic endeavors is their new Mel to Me collection. To understand the essence of Mel to Me, you need to imagine yourself along a romantic coastline in a tiny cafe or restaurant overlooking perhaps the Mediterranean or the Aegean Sea. The dinner consists of simple but oh-so-fresh delicacies from the sea, combined with fresh and simple vegetables that probably came from a nearby garden, and maybe there's just a little touch of pasta involved as well. And as the dinner is served, you can't help but notice the eclectic mix of shapes and dinnerware designs that all seem to flow so effortlessly together. And herein lies the essence of Bauscher's Mel to Me collection. Casual elegance, done simply, with a touch of romance, in colors and designs that will transport your dining guest. I recently had the opportunity to be with Bowser Hep President Jeffrey Heaney and listen to him describe to me the genesis of his company's new Mel to Me collection. So uh, the pattern we're going to talk about today is a collection called Mel to Me by Bowser. And the inspiration behind this, uh, I was at a dinner with one of our prospective clients and he really threw one of probably the best dinner questions out to the table, and that was to describe your most memorable dinner experience. And I gave an answer, I don't even remember what that was quite honestly, but afterwards I started thinking about all of these great meals I had, and I really kicked myself for not thinking of this one. But there's one time I was in Greece, and if you know anything about dining in the Mediterranean, the dinner can be quite late. And uh, we took our cars up to the top of uh, a very let's say, in the, into the mountains. It's funny because we came to somebody's home and they basically, if nobody had shown up that night, they wouldn't have had business. But because we showed up, you could see the family scurried and brought tables together, brought chairs. Uh, we, of course, had to wait because they had to build a fire. And over time, they basically had a restaurant, for lack of a better word, when people showed up. But what I really loved about the experience, and you see this often in, in places when you go out to eat in the Mediterranean, is this mixture of plateware because they don't necessarily have just one set. If they have six people show up, they might need more if 12 people show up or whatever. So that was sort of the inspiration for Mel to me. Uh, we wanted it to be real authentic, so we were very careful to make sure that the blues didn't necessarily match because it wouldn't be authentic if you had four or five different patterns and all the colors matched up perfect, perfectly. Now, it looks like you have bowls and flat plates too? We do, we definitely have bowls. We have unique pieces that just stand out and, and uh, uh, just are eye catchers. So we show uh, things that look hand painted to more sophisticated and they just sort of blend together into this very unique presentation. Uh, to really create that idea that this is um, truly a mix-and-match assortment. And you have the Duralex Bacardi uh, blue glass to go with it. Perfect. A absolutely. New Mel to Me from Bauscher comes in a variety of shapes, colors, and designs. And in typical Bauscher fashion, individual pieces of Mel to Me coordinate perfectly with other Bauscher dinnerware collections, allowing operators to add small touches of Mel to Me in, their in the romance that it brings to the tabletop to their existing dinnerware, if that's what they choose to do. 
And all of this allows chefs and restaurateurs to create, through mixing and matching, that uniquely perfect collection for transporting their guests to that faraway tranquility and to create just the right presentation for their particular menu items. For more information and specifics on the new Melt Me collection from Bauscher, go to bauscherhep.com. You'll be glad you did. Speaking of transporting your dining guests, the next product and company I want to showcase this week, they do exactly that same thing too, but they do it by using nature in a slightly different way. Art Glaze is a bone china dinnerware collection introduced by Britain's Royal Crown Derby a couple of years back. And the Art Glaze collection from Royal Crown Derby captures all the sensuality of the outdoors and it brings it right onto your restaurant's table. The Art Glaze collection remains one of our favorites, and in our opinion is at the very top tier of many recent dinnerware introductions in terms of design, grace, style, and of course quality. And if you're looking to impress your dining guests, it would be hard to imagine a better dinnerware collection to do it with than Royal Crown Derby's Art Glaze. Art Glaze truly combines the handcrafted artisan aesthetic with the purity and whiteness of a fine bone china. And with the use of reactive glaze, each piece obtains exceptional beauty through random and chance effects that happen during the kiln firing and the glaze chemistry. Our glaze has four colored glazes. There's smoke, sky, caramel, and mulberry, and they've been developed to be stunning on their own or in combination with one another. Delivering a refreshing high-end presentation, this Bone China collection from Royal Crown Derby provides the perfect presentation piece for any chef-driven menu. In fact, both of the company's artisanal dinnerware collections, Art Glaze and its more approachable cousin Studio Glaze, both offer the dining guests a tactile and a sensuous experience that truly embodies the beauty of reactive glazes and sensational textures. You can see all the gorgeous dinnerware collections available from Royal Crown Derby by going to their website, royalcrowndarby.com, and there you'll see their section that's devoted specifically to the hospitality sector. Or you can also visit their Hospitality Distribution Partners website. That's Delight International. And their website is steelight.com, of course. You know that already. Where you'll find all the Art Glaze Collection products as well. So if you're truly looking to differentiate that guest dining experience in your restaurant, you'll definitely want to take a look at Art Glaze from Royal Crown Derby. Now 60 Seconds with Shannon, where Dave asks Shannon Talon of Edward Donovan Company the question of the week. This week... Shannon talks about how to get the Edward Donnan Company to sell your product. Hey, everybody. It's, it's Dave again, and we're back here with Shannon this week. And we want to address a question that we've, we've touched on before, but it, but it keeps coming up from time to time. And, Shannon, that's the question is, if, if I'm a tabletop manufacturer or supplier and, that I'm, and I'm new maybe into this marketplace from Europe or from uh, offshore, or, and I'm not currently doing business with Edward Don, what do I need to do to get on your company's radar, number one? And then what are the, your key considerations for taking on a new vendor? Well, I think first and foremost, you have to have a compelling story. And uh, a Me Too product at a better price isn't always the right story. We talk a lot about operators wanting to differentiate their tabletops, differentiate their banqueting. And so you have to have a compelling story about your product. In addition, I think a key, a key element that sometimes gets missed is for Edward Don, we are a national distributor. We have nearly 350 sales representatives. If we bring a product to market that can't be supported by the manufacturer or the vendor, it can really be dead on arrival. 
So while folks who have maybe uh, some sort of widget or gadget or really great product, whether it's tabletop or otherwise, and they want to work with Edward Don, uh, they have to understand that, okay, on day one of that launch, if you have 350 people that now want to go sell your product and you're the only person available to sell it, what are you going to do? And so you have to think through the sales support aspect, the customer service aspect, and how you're going to support distribution once you've gotten your product in the door. I think that's a, that's a really key element because we've seen some interesting products over the years, but if they're... If, if our sales force doesn't have somewhere to go for support, they're not going to be able to, it's not going to be able to really get off the ground. And so I think it's just thinking through the logistics, you know, of working with a distributor and how to support that business once it gets into the market. Because a product just doesn't come into a distributor, whether it's stocked or not, and just go out there and be successful. There's got to be some infrastructure behind it, and that's really a key element. Yeah, we, it's interesting to hear you describe all that because, and I was glad to hear you say that it, while price is a part of it, it's not the only thing. And what, when we talk to companies, we try to say, take the word customer service and make it more customer experience and describe it in more holistic terms. Sure. Not just a product at a price, but it's it's information about the product, as how, how are you going to support it. Yes, we want the orders delivered on a timely basis and we want it at a good price. But what happens after? To the sale, do you just move on and and or, or do you follow up and sell? Can I get reorders from you easily? Absolutely. Uh, does the product work for me? Does somebody care after that? Or are you just trying to sell me more products, or you care about my overall experience with your company? Definitely, and I think something that uh, manufacturers need to understand is. A- Again, because distributor sales reps are pulled in so many different directions and have so many different products and different categories that they have to think about in terms of its relevance to their customers, uh, that they have to understand that it's not just, okay, a distributor picks up my product and now they're going to go make it successful. Um, they have to understand that there's so many other things tearing DSRs in, in different, in different uh, trajectories that there's really got to be that support behind it. Now, here's Dave with this week's commentary. This week... Dave talks about resilience and how to adapt to changes, and why resilience may be the most required skill for those seeking long-term success. Resilience. I couldn't think of a better ability or business attribute to have in these days of rapid-fire change and accelerating speed. In fact, resilience may be the most required skill for those seeking long-term success, whether it's an individual resilience or resilience for your brand or company. But what actually is resilience and why is it so necessary? Resilience is an individual's or brand's ability to quickly adapt to changes and disruptions while maintaining their continuous vision for themselves or their business. Those changes and disruptions can be personal, they can be environmental, or they can be competitive. Resilience is the unique attribute that allows you to continue on in the face of difficult times. And let's be clear, Resilience is not always as common as we may think it is. In fact, we probably all have plenty of examples of people and companies that we know that lacked resilience and have given up way too easily on their targeted pathways. But if resilience is so critical, how does one become more resilient? Well, here are five points that I believe can help develop or improve resilience. Number one, a sense of purpose. Having a clear direction and a sense of purpose is the foundation that gives strength and direction for the journey. 
Purpose is more important when the difficult times arrive, and it is through that purpose that we establish our core values, our moral compass, if you will, for our brands or ourselves. Number two, belief in ourselves and our mission. The belief that our mission is, quote unquote, a right one, helps to provide us with confidence that we need this so that we can overcome the inevitable changes and disruptions that happen along our journey. Whether it be a brand or ourselves, we're all on a journey. The question is, do we consciously understand that and how committed are we are to that journey? The strength in that belief is what gives us confidence. The third point that helps develop resilience is adaptability. While being firm in our commitments, we must also be aware that the landscape on which we live is also changing. Staying relevant to our changing environment is critical to remaining resilient. After all, being resilient means remaining in the game, right? The fourth point in developing our resilience is having team and follower support. Brand resilient relies on growing the base of followers for your brand and then relying on that group's strengths when the disruptions occur. A good example would be simply listening to our customers for adjustments and modification to our products to keep them relevant to that customer's use. And in our personal lives, the support of family and friends often gives us resilience when we need it the most. The fifth and final point for developing resilience is awareness. The final point to increasing us resilience is a continued awareness of the possibility of disruption and change. Having an awareness that the possibility of change is perhaps might come makes it more likely that you'll be prepared when that change arrives. Staying true to strong core values is easier if the change is anticipated and planned for, both in managing our brands and in our personal lives. Let's face it, resilience is a skill or an attribute that's often undervalued. Too often we give praise to the newest way of thinking or the shiniest new object. But staying in the game and adapting to change while remaining true to our original purpose gives us additional strength and additional value. With that staying power comes experience and wisdom. So remember, Stay strong, adapt to change, and stay relevant. In these ever-changing times, may your and your brand's race be long. And always remember to stay resilient. Well, that's it, everybody. That wraps up today's Seat Yourself podcast. I want to thank Shannon Talon for joining us. And of course, I especially want to thank you, our listeners, for joining in today. And finally, I want to thank the Edward Don and Company for sponsoring, in part, this episode of Seat Yourself. Edward Don and Company, everything but the food for nearly 100 years. This is Dave Turner, and we'll see you next time. But always remember, Tabletop Matters. That concludes this week's edition of Dave Turner's Seat Yourself podcast series. Check us out at SeatYourselfPodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at Seat underscore Yourself underscore. For more information and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com or email Dave at dt at tabletopjournal.com. And don't forget, please subscribe, rate, and review. Music